Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Your canon, your faith. At perhaps no other time of the year is the sacred liturgy so rich. The Mass is the chief act of divine worship, as Pope Pius XII told the faithful in his encyclical on the sacred liturgy, Mediator Dei. However, we must not forget the rest of the liturgy, the divine office, the other sacraments, the rituals, the processions that surround the Mass as its glorious crown. Especially during Lent, reading even just small excerpts of the divine office is an excellent complement to meditating on the Gospel of the Mass, which is proper every day of Lent. Today at Mass, we commence the story of Abraham, our father in faith. And we have a subtle but striking parallel between the Gospel of today and of Abraham's story. St. Paul drew a comparison between Abraham and Christ in his epistle to the Hebrews. Abraham was a figure of our Savior to come, and in particular through his faith and total obedience by going into an unknown land at the Lord's command, and then by offering up his only heir Isaac in sacrifice. As far as the parallel of faith goes, our Lord did not possess the virtue of faith, being rather the author of our faith, but to him was applied all the merit of faith, which is the reward of faithful obedience, which our Lord practiced perfectly. By becoming man, and spending 33 years on this earth in obedience to his heavenly Father. This leads us to the parallel of obedience between our Lord and Abraham. St. Paul tells us that Christ was obedient unto death, even unto, unto death of the cross. Our Lord practiced obedience perfectly. He came to this earth in perfect obedience to his Father, and in today's Gospel, in obedience to the will of his Father, he tells his disciples, Behold, we are going up to Jerusalem, and all things that have been written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man will be accomplished. For he will be delivered up to the Gentiles, and will be mocked, and scourged, and spit upon, and after they have scourged him, they will put him to death, and on the third day he will rise again. Our Lord prepares to ascend Mount Zion, just as Abraham set out to the mountain indicated by God. Both go to a mountain to offer a sacrifice. For Abraham, it was a great act of faith, as St. Paul points out, because Abraham was tried or put to the test by God when told to sacrifice Isaac, his son, the seed upon whom depended God's promise to make of Abraham a great nation. Abraham made a great act of faith in the face of what seemed a contradiction, because he believed that God is able to raise up even from the dead. He thus became a figure of Christ, slain and coming to life again. On the way to the mountain, a perplexed Isaac asked his father, Behold the fire and wood, but where is the victim for the Holocaust? Abraham said, God will provide himself a victim for the Holocaust, my son. 
In a similar way, in the Gospel, the disciples did not understand what our Lord would do. That He is the promised one of Israel, and that He would also be the victim of the supreme sacrifice. The disciples thought that He spoke allegorically, so that the true meaning remained hidden from them. The disciples did not know exactly what the prophets had foretold, but after Christ rose again, He opened their understanding so that they should understand the scriptures. And our Lord seems to show them already that their spiritual eyes will one day be opened when he proceeds in the gospel to heal the bodily eyes of the blind beggar. Respite Jesus throughout taste of confession. See, thy faith, thy faith has saved thee. The disciples will see one day, just like Abraham, who went as a blind man into what Genesis called the land of vision, ready to sacrifice his son, even when, by all human estimation, this would put God's promise to end in jeopardy. But when the angel of the Lord stopped his hand from slaying Isaac, he saw God's promise as God saw it, and so he named the mountain in honor of the Lord, naming it Dominus Evidit, or the Lord sees. As for us, we are the spiritual sons of Abraham, and we are the blind beggar. This Lent, we should strive to follow their example, namely by sacrifice, mortification, and perseverance in prayer. If Abraham was asked to sacrifice what was most dear to him, we should be ready this Lent to sacrifice what is most dear to us, which is, at the end of the day, our self-will. That selfish self-will that gets in the way sometimes even of our penances. We may be tempted to choose the penance that pleases us the most, or the penance that we're the most comfortable with. But we should choose rather a penance that costs us the most, that mortifies us the most, and nothing is more costly nor more mortifying to our self-will than to follow another's will through a special and highly virtuous form of obedience. St. Francis de Sales says, There is a higher point of obedience, to which St. Paul refers when he says, For whereas I was free to all, I made myself the servant of all, that I might gain the more. It is through this universal obedience to all men that we become all things to all men by serving everyone for the sake of God. We can practice this obedience by trying to be of greater service to our neighbor this Lent, by practicing the corporal and spiritual works of mercy, in the measure that our state of life calls for it, and of course already by cutting away all actions, thoughts, words, and desires that may be uncharitable to our neighbor, remembering all the praises that St. Paul keeps upon the virtue of charity in the epistle today. Finally, we should imitate the example of the blind beggar, and persevere in that prayer that cries out to the Lord this night. I will close with the commentary of Pope St. Gregory the Great, who says, He who both believes and prays that he may receive the everlasting light, he sits by the wayside and begs. Those that went before Jesus in the Gospel, as he was coming, represent the multitude of carnal desires and the busy crowd of vices and bad habits which scatter our thoughts 
and sometimes disturb us even in our prayers. But the blind man cried out the more, for the more violently we are, we are assailed by our restless thoughts, the more fervently ought we to give ourselves to prayer. As long as we suffer our manifold fancies that trouble us in our prayers, we feel in some measure Jesus passing by. But when we are very steadfast in prayer, God is fixed in our heart, and the lost light is restored. The Lord then passing by, heard the blind, heard the blind man crying, standing still, restored him to sight. For by his humanity and compassion to our blindness, he has pity upon our cries, and by the power of his divinity, he pours upon us the light of his grace. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.